Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series. And I'm really pleased today to say we have Gary Gorman um, going to interview today. In fact, Gary and I were just chatting and we've realised that we've known each other a hell of a lot longer than we thought. I think I first met Gary around 10 years ago. And one of the things that stuck in my mind about Gary, he was one of the first people I'd ever seen do a business presentation with a flip chart. And I have to say, Gary, I remember nicking that idea about two years later and using it quite effectively, I thought. So no, it was great to, to do that. So for those of you who aren't aware who Gary is, Gary's a trainer, an author, a business speaker. Where his specialization is, in, is actually in helping corporate businesses negotiate better deals, contracts, and prices through training workshops, consultation support, and online programs. So very heavy into influence negotiation. Gary began his career selling Duracell batteries to corner shops before joining Wilkinson Sword as a national account sales manager when he developed their business with Tesco and other UK high street names. He then joined Boots, where after various senior roles became UK training manager for Boots Healthcare International. Uh, Gary set his own training sales business in 2005, uh, three years before I set mine up, Gary, so you've got three years on me there. And since then he's worked uh, with hundreds of businesses, both in the UK and abroad, spoken at numerous conferences and meetings, and actually written two really excellent business books. I was just talking to Gary about the 30-day sales challenge, which I remember reading a while ago myself. And he also wrote Inside the Entrepreneur's Mind. Well, today we're going to be going inside the leader's mind and particularly getting Gary's perspectives on leadership and how he leads himself as well. So welcome, Gary. Thank you, Tony. Nice <laughs> to be here. Yeah, it's great to have, okay, to have you on the podcast. So first of all, on that very subject of mindset, how do you keep yourself psychologically strong and lead yourself, Gary, with the best mindset that you can on a continual basis? On a continual basis, it, it's tricky for all of us because uh, I guess as we go through the interview, time, we're going to talk about down periods and we all have them. Um, my mindset is generally optimistic. I've, I've sort of the DNA within me is to be optimistic. Um, I guess being a Chesterfield supporter, I have to be optimistic because the only way is up. So I, I'm a generally quite, you know, happy, easygoing, optimistic kind of guy. That's just just the way I am within within my own personality. The odd down period has to be managed, and you know, I guess we'll we'll come on to the the flip side of, of when things are good. But I, I think what keeps me psychologically strong is, despite however bad the periods are, I always appreciate what I've got. I always appreciate I've got a loving family. I've got loads of friends. I've got a, a good life. Um, I'm relatively healthy, relatively. So I always look at what I've got to fall back on. There are some really bad news stories around, you know, and you make you realise how lucky we are to work for ourselves and to be in charge of our own destiny, but also have the support of loved ones around us. And so I suppose that's what keeps me psychologically strong is thinking of that, keeping that in mind. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, as you touched on there, um, I was going to mention about you being a Chesterfield fan, but we, we've got to that subject already. Many a call with you So, yeah, dealing with your psychology is quite an important part for you there, Gary. But, yeah, I think, as you said, actually, I think it's often a perspective, isn't it? And I yeah. think we can lose sight of things, and that 
appreciation of what we have and and I mean for, for both of us in fact for you specifically to have had a business your own business for 13 years it's incredibly high percentage of businesses fail within the first five years you know different stats on that um, but to have achieved that and still be going and you and I chatting before um, the podcast today about interesting work you've been yeah. doing right across the country Costa Coffee and so I think it's sometimes we can we can forget to appreciate all yeah, those things we can we can yeah do you have any routines or habits that either keep you in an up place or help you as you were talking about there what, you know what sort of strategies do you use to deal with the downsides as well when things get a bit more challenging I guess picking up on the point you just made in terms of remembering what we've got I, I keep a success log um, I physically do keep a, a, a written documentation uh, of successes going back donkey's years. Just to remind me, when things are difficult, just to remind me of the things I've done, the, you know, the feedback I've had, um, what I'm pleased with, and I, I physically do keep that log, uh, my own kind of success diary, I suppose. In, in terms of routines, I, I'm better now at separating home life and work life. One of the challenges I found when I set myself up 13 years ago was there was no off switch. Um, for the first two years, I was working really hard, really long hours. With hindsight, not working particularly well, but I was putting the hours in. Some of them were misdirected, which you get to learn through experience. So I'm now better, my routine now is to separate home and work a bit better. So the, the, you know, I will diarise when I will finish. On some days that might be eight o'clock, but there might be some days that I can finish at four o'clock and I will diarise that and that, that will, you know, I will 99% of the time achieve that. I'm, I'm more disciplined in email management, so I make sure I do that certain times of the day. Um, my routine before, like most of us, I guess, was to answer them straight away, respond straight away. Now I have a dedicated 10, 15 minutes, whatever it might be in the morning, and then every period in the afternoon and I clear emails in, in two concerted bursts and I found them more productive in that way. Um, it, how does that help me manage the downtimes? Possibly doesn't. I think that goes back to mindset, but certainly having those routines now that I'm better at enables me to maintain focus. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good actually. And I, I think, yeah, personally, I've, I've been focusing a lot myself on how I start the day. Yeah. And I think having a routine around that, it's amazing how you can set yourself up in different ways for the day. But it's good to hear those habits. And, and I really relate to your stories there Gary about um, I was the same as you actually first two or three years I was running my business was a bit like pushing water uphill yeah. and um, and as you said there was no delineation between work life and, and home life and I know some people feel that that's, that's okay but for, for me like yourself Gary I think creating that uh, time for personal life for family is really important and yes. having more of your weekends to yourself and that kind of yeah. thing but what about um, what about when there are the downs? What about, for example, um, again, you and I were talking about before the interview about when you can hit lulls and work's not coming in, and and I guess there can be that element of self doubt then about you know whether whether it's going to work, whether you're going to come out of that. How do you deal with the with those periods where business is not coming in so much, and there, there's a little bit of an eye on the the bank balance and. Yeah. How do you deal with that sort of situation? Um, better than I used to do. Um, I guess 13 years down the track, you realise that something will happen, something will come along. Um, 
I, I try and move my business forward every day, if only in a small way. I try to look back at the end of the day by saying, am I closer to where I want to be than I was at the start of the day? Now, that might only be an hour. That might only be something I've done productively for an hour. There might be a blog post or it might be an email I've sent somebody, I might pick up the phone and speak to someone. But I've, I've done something every day to move myself to somewhere nearer to where I want to get to. Um, so I, I, I try and discipline myself to do that. I don't let down periods affect me as, as much as, I, as they used to do. I guess when we start out we're more worried about the empty diary. Um, experience has taught me that those, those do get filled. Um, you just need to you just need to believe in the process. You need to keep marketing, keep put, get yourself out there. Um, I get a lot of activity through LinkedIn, so I make sure I post regularly on LinkedIn. So I, I try and do something rather than maybe three or four years ago I would mope around the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm less of a moper now, which yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pleased with because it's 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 tough. It's tough. You know, anyone who sets up their own business, you have, I have. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm pleased I'm mopeless now. <laughs> Probably my wife is too if you ask her. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can relate to that as well. And I think that um, what you said there about getting into action, I think there can be that uh, that tendency sometimes when the going gets tough to almost lie line your back and give in a little bit. Yeah. Okay, can't do it, you know, and then you can get to that place where you think this is just getting too much I'm not even sure what to do and it's just about continuing to take small steps sometimes isn't it even yeah. if it's uh, yeah. not turning around and yeah. and I've re I say you and I you've had your business three years longer than mine but it's definitely relate to that Gary about having the faith that something is around the corner yeah. and in terms of business um, but I guess in terms of if we're talking about leaders because you've done like myself you do a lot of work with leaders in businesses mm. as well yeah what have you seen over your years of working with other leaders? What have you seen that have been interesting techniques, strategies that other leaders have followed? Maybe in things that you've come across from, I know you and I both read a lot of books on leadership, influence, sales, all those kind of areas. So what things have you picked up that you think that's effective, maybe even modeled yourself and brought into your own uh, strategies? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've observed leadership, I've led teams myself in a, in a, when I had a proper job in a previous career. What, what, what have I picked up from them? Uh, certainly integrity, certainly the leaders I've worked with have been respectful, have been respected because of high integrity. They tend to um, do what they'll say and say what they'll do. Um, they're, very, they're good communicators. So I've tried to improve my communication skills and be a bit more, um, have a bit more clarity around my own communication skills. Um, they're quite deferential to others in terms of they defer success to others. Yeah. Um, the poor leaders I've worked with take success themselves, but then blame failure on others, and and that in that is a, a very um, corrosive atmosphere to work in. I've worked in that. Um, and I promised myself I would never do that. So when I work with teams, I try and encourage their the leader, the CEO, or their leadership team to be deferential to their team. They aren't. They won't achieve the results on their own. They do need their team. You and I are big, big sports fans, and obviously the best teams, the best managers, uh, share success with their with their team. Um, anything that's a failure, they take on board themselves. They take full ownership of failure. In the dressing room, that might be different, but to the public face, they 
share success but keep fairly private and keep fairly personal and I think that's a great trait of leadership and that's what I I guess that's what I try and do um, if a workshop's gone well or a training course has gone well I always defer and that's down to you that's down to you rolling your sleeves with getting involved uh, participating I take none of the credit myself privately I might <laughs> of course I might and that goes in my success book but publicly that has to I think deference uh, and integrity are key leadership skills that I've tried to develop myself. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's, um, it, it sort of reminds me of the Jim Collins book, Good to Great, yeah. uh, where they did a lot of research and found actually that um, a lot of the really, really successful leaders were more introvert in nature. I'm not yeah. saying that a good leader has to be uh, either, but I think what you said as well about seeing yourself as being a servant leader, supporting your people, and, and also, as you said, keeping your own ego in check yeah because i yeah. think I, th I think personally i don't know about you gary i think whether it be ourselves or leaders we might have worked with i think ego can when things are going well ego's great you know you fuel your ego but ego can be one of the biggest problems in terms of, le of leaders mindset yeah. because when your ego starts to get impacted uh, that can have a really big i've noticed that have a big impact on a number of the leaders I've worked with over the years when yeah. their ego's being affected by things not going as well as they might, problems with people, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, keeping that in check. Yeah, and, and taking their success for granted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather working at it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think introversion is an interesting book because I think fundamentally I'm, I'm quite introverted. I'm not as introverted as I used to be when I was younger, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not high the extra, on the extrovert scale. I guess you have to be to do your job, but yeah. I think fundamentally if you drill down to my DNA, I'm probably reasonably introverted. Okay. Um, I was, you know, friend, if I was reflecting on that on the way over, um, I, I was thinking whether, I was thinking, would Gary describe himself as an extrovert or introvert? Because I'd have probably put you more on the extrovert side. But having said that, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it, Gary? Because I think that I, I came across the term ambivert recently. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that. I yeah. hadn't heard it till yeah. recently, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but that is where, where you are neither strong, strongly an introvert or extrovert, and actually you can move within and different that's circumstances. Where I am. Yeah. Um, I think how that manifests itself is that, a bit like you and I, when we're doing speaking events or, yeah. or conferences or workshops, you have to be an exaggerated version of yourself. You have to be slightly more extroverted to run those successfully. But also, we spend a lot of time in the car on our own. We spend a lot of time yeah. in isolation. So you, you kind of have to be able to be happy in both camps. Yeah. Be quite self-sufficient um, and happy with your own space, your own thinking space. Um, often there'll be days where I don't see anybody apart from my family. Um, and so you have to be comfortable with that slightly introverted, slightly insular personality, but change and morph into slightly more um, extrovert, a little bit more uh, forceful, assertive, whatever you want to call it, when you're managing people and managing workshops. And I, and I think I fall into that camp, Tony. Yeah, no, and I, that is interesting because I actually been reflect I, I think the introversion extroversion aspect of personality is fascinating because I unlike you actually I think I started more as an extrovert and become more introvert over yeah. time but I think moving into uh, being more ext extrovert behavior or introvert behavior as you were describing there I actually think is an asset for any leader mm. because I think it can be a very lonely place being a leader because mm. sometimes uh, even if the leaders out there listening to this podcast 
they may have a number of people that they are leading, employees in their company, employees in their team, and often they can't have a conversation necessarily about with them about some of the aspects that are bothering them. I did a whole podcast on, on authenticity, which I don't want to revisit, but I think sometimes the leader doesn't feel that it's the right place to share their vulnerability with yeah. the people in their team. Yeah. And so you have to go into yourself and you have to find that inner resilience and be comfortable with yourself, like you were saying. And that introvert nature, nature in terms of not letting your ego get in the way, let, other, let your team uh, take more of the credit. So I think that's great. But then there, as you said, there are times when a leader, or certainly you and I in our work, we need to step into the extrovert shoes. There's an element of performance, there's an element of driving people forwards, inspiring them. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware we were gonna get into that whole introversion extroversion, but that's um, a fa- it's a fascinating area. And I, and I think where we've just taken it, Gary, is, is quite insightful because I think it is actually the more you develop that ability to move in and out of those yeah. modes yeah. depending on the people the situation i think that's where you become more and more effective yeah and I, and I think that's you know you've been in business a fair while so have i and i think i think my success boils down to the ability to do that the ability to be self-absorbed self-sufficient self-controlled comfortable in my own skin and comfortable working on in isolation balanced with the opposite of that, working with people, bringing out the best in people, supporting their improvement. And I think that's where the nub of, if you want to call it success, lies. It's the ability to do that. And thankfully, I've, I've found the right way through experience of, of managing that. Yeah, no, good. And, and actually, I think that ability, that's the thing I've seen over the years as well, Gary, that ability to be more flexible as a leader. Yeah not just with the introversion, extroversion, but with your style in a broader sense, that adaptability and flexibility, I think is a, is a key constraint. And I think it's the leaders sometimes who have a very fixed view of who they are and what kind of leader they are, that sometimes can have the biggest problems with their confidence and mindset when things don't go exactly. And then you've you've got no other tool in your box, have you? Right. And it's right. it, it, that's the danger, I think, in believing that you are just one style of leader, one style of personality, yeah. and, and that's all that you have and at your like disposal. The trading environment in many markets is is so dynamic nowadays. Yeah. So so short term, things change so dramatically that a leader has to can't be intransigent. They have to be flexible. They have to be. Um, they have to self develop. They have to change themselves and be willing to change themselves. Otherwise, they get left behind. They become you know managerial dinosaurs, and that's not great for any organisation. Yeah, I'm going to go off at a slight tangent, and why not, eh, Gary? (laughs) As your um, as your expertise is around the negotiation sell side of things, it may well be very uh, valuable and interesting for people listening to the podcast. Just maybe get an insight from you into the mind of a salesperson, and I think so many people are, are fearful of sales. And the, the very word selling sales seems to create a lot of fear in, in people. And so what, I mean, some people need to do that. Leaders of their own company who don't have a big team around them may well be having to go out there and sell when it's maybe not, they feel it's not their forte. Um, what have you, based on your experience, Gary, what, what's key in the mindset of a salesperson, do you think? Listening. If you were to boil it down, distilled to one thing, it would be listen better. That would be my advice to any salesperson, listen better. Certainly the days of gift of the gab have long gone. They went years ago. 
and the best salesmen now say very little but listen really well. So my advice to any um, you know, manager director or any leader out there that is doing some selling themselves or managing a sales team is a sales team needs to practice listening better. Um, the benefit of listening better enables you then to link your next question, and question is probably the second skill that I'd endorse, ability to link your question to what you just heard. So many salespeople I see are kind of scripted and they have a series of set questions that they'll ask of the buyer regardless of what the buyer says. The best salespeople listen to what the buyer says and then react with an appropriate question based upon what they've just heard. Yeah. If they do that well, the buyer buys themselves. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't need selling to. They they automatically buy. It would be it would be silly for them not to buy because they've persuaded themselves that your product or service is the solution that they seek. Yeah, the yeah. Solution thereafter. So those would be my two would be my two things that I think, in my view, make the better salespeople. Yeah, I really like that, and and I think that. Um, I, I use this sort of aspects of emotional intelligence a lot in my work and I guess what you're describing there Gary taps in a lot to empathy and relationship management and that, that whole thing with empathy and not just in sales when I'm listening to you there I think the advice you give there is good for a leader dealing with their employees because yeah. I think that actually being able to listen to your employees more and really understand them and ask questions to make sure you've understood them yeah. makes them feel different but it means that your communication is based on a greater level of understanding and that doesn't matter if it's sales or leadership right. does it yeah yeah so I, I like to think salespeople are problem solvers what's what's the problem that your the person in front of you has that your product or service can solve and then your job is then just to persuade them that that it can yeah, yeah. Um, but often they persuade themselves if you've done the listening and the questioning correctly yeah no excellent all right Gary um, another question I wanted to ask you about actually was uh, from your own personal perspective you, you touched on integrity a little while ago but I was just interested in what are the personal values that drive you and have driven you in your business the last 13 years and in your career before that I guess Gary as well um, I I try to be quite open. Um, I suppose the glib word nowadays is authentic, and I try to be myself now. Um, the Gary Gorman sat here 20 years ago was trying to be somebody that he thought he should be because those people got on in business. Um, but I'm, I'm older and wiser now, and, I, and I, I kind of be me, and I kind of be open, um, fairly transparent, I would like to think. Um, and I, I like that in, to see that in other individuals as well. Um, I, I certainly, the value that certainly drives me is to never let anyone down. That's not to say I don't, we all do, or, you know, I'm not God, we, we, you know, we do let people down, but I certainly strive to never do that. If I say I will do something on a certain day, I will do it, even at the detriment to maybe some, another opportunity might come, come along. Uh, that might be better paid, might be a better project, might be a better programme, but because I've committed to the first one, I never ever let people down. Um, and again, that's a value that I have. Whether that's come from my parents, I don't know, but it's somewhere, it's a value in my, my value set that I'm, if I say I will do something, I will, I will do it to the best of my ability. Yeah, I, um, I really like that. I, I just want to pick up on that quickly, because one, one of my values is do what you say you will do. Yes. And also, I, I think 
the one of the problems in business in life in general can be and i'm sure you found this gary that often people don't often people yeah. say i would i'll do that yeah. or whatever and it never happens and i think that can be especially problematic with leaders with their people yeah and one of the one of the problems i found is that if people do employee surveys whatever and, and they get some feedback and then the worst thing you can possibly do is say you're going to act on it and then and then not do the things you said you'd do in relation to that so yeah. I'm, I'm with you totally on in terms of that value yeah yeah I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. I, I as as a parent of, of two kids as well. I always, because of business and things, there were times where I couldn't be at, at parents' evenings or I couldn't be at school concerts or whatever. But I also, if I also promised my kids and I, and I held it, you know, to this day, if I say I will be at your parents' evening, you know, I will be at your concert. I will, you know, I, I will never let you down. I might not say I can go to everyone, but there'll never be a case where I said I'll come and I don't come. I will always come if I've committed to come. Whatever happens, I will be there. And, you know, touch wood, that's still to this day. And I think that's an important value set that hopefully my kids will take forward in their life. Yeah, no, great. I really I, I really relate to that, Gary. Uh, just a couple of final questions before we, we sort of wrap up the, the podcast episode today. Um, you've, you've been touching on this anyway to a degree, but what's your view on how to get the best out of relationships with other people, whether they be... The people that you've led over the years or people that you've um, brought services to what, what do you think are the, are the key things there listen well we spoke about that yeah. so that, that 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 again applies to, uh, to this to this area Tony I think um, be genuinely interested in them um, if we look at back to sales don't look just for the quick sale look for what their problems are look for what's behind a question or a, a sentiment so be genuinely interested in them be a problem try and solve that problem for them try and make their life better in, in some way um, experience has taught me you know there's the old book I'm okay you're okay is it Harris Thomas Harris from from many years yeah, ago I read that book as well, yeah. um, I remember reading that you know a, a lot of years ago and it, it, it can't, I couldn't really relate to it at the time but, but as I've got more older uh, more experience I, I, I do now I realised that my opinion is as valid as your opinion, my input is as valid as your, your, as your input, um, whereas before I would maybe defer to other people or I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't offer my opinion ahead of theirs. So I, th I think, you know, in terms of getting the best out of people, it's appreciating that their input is as valuable as mine. Um, so that was something I, that kind of dawned on me as, as I've got more experience um, and I think latterly we touched upon authenticity but I, I think you know be yourself you get relation you get the relationship that you wish to develop by being yourself you will naturally attract people that you wish to work with um, the downside of that is you'll, you'll you'll distance people that you don't want to work with but that's no bad thing <laughs> You know, we all want to work with people we want to work with, the people we can add value to and work with to, to help them. Um, as a default of that, that will distance from others, but that's fine. We, can, we can't hope to serve, you know, all men at all times. And uh, again, I've realised that, is, is be yourself. You will attract the people you wish to attract and you will naturally distance the people that you don't probably want to work with anyway. And that... That, that actually relates to, I think, uh, the employees that you bring in, if you are a leader, the employees you bring into your team and your company as well. Yeah. 
um, because I think having a, a clear idea of what kind of person you're looking to bring in from a character behavior values perspective uh, and matching that up is, is key as well so that that almost what you were speaking about there in terms of magnetizing people in relationships whether that be from a sales angle or from a leader employee situation i think is really key because a lot of the problems i'm sure you've seen this as well gary but a lot of the problems i see in companies teams is because maybe there's been too much emphasis put on skills and not enough on character values personality of the people that you're looking to bring in and work with yeah and there's a disconnect there potentially yeah it's difficult as a leader isn't it because if if all you do as a leader is attract people who are like you you'll get the results that you've always delivered um so i think the skill of a leader is to recognize the gaps in your team that personality, skill, attributes aren't being currently filled to recognise that and to plug that gap and to tolerate different perspectives, different ideas, different ways of doing things um, because the greater good is that a base will be covered in your business that isn't currently covered. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So I think we as leaders have to flex our natural style, whatever that, whether that's outgoing, whether that's um, you know whether that's kind of uh, uh, dictatorial or whatever it might be what, whatever our style is we need to bend and flex it to fit in with the better components of our team to use sport analogy we can't all be strikers a, a, a team needs a goalkeeper it needs defenders it needs a midfield and strikers chess will need a whole 11 of them <laughs> <laughs> um, but does that make sense? We, no, it does. Yeah, we it have does. To, we have to plug, as leaders, we have to plug gaps that aren't currently being plugged, even if that means that that personality trait, the way they work, is at odds with the rest of the group. Yeah, I, I guess the only couple of things I'd, I'd add to that is I still think that, that from a character perspective, you need to have a match between the culture, the business, and the person. Now, of in course, terms of, of course, yeah. you know, uh, certain different attributes that a person brings, different styles that people bring, I think that's right. And I think what you were touching on there, Gary, also you can take it into a leader recognising the gaps within themselves. Not, yes. not in, And that's where ego can get in the way sometimes. But it's not only recognising the gaps you've got in your team uh, in terms of particular kind of people that you want to bring in, but recognizing things in yourself as well yes that that you maybe need to plug gaps where yeah. where that will support you as a leader and not just that, that's difficult to admit isn't it can be for leaders that they feel that um, that's difficult to uh, to self-disclose those weaknesses but again my experience of great leaders is if they can find a mentor or find someone they can work with either within a business or outside a business and unburden that from them they become so much more effective yeah no brilliant hey well gary thank you hugely for your time today i'm I'm going to end up with just a question really in terms of what you're up to the moment as i mentioned earlier you always already have two books that you've written is there a third book on the way well that's that that might be that might be the case uh at the moment that's purely in my head um i've got my second one in my head and that's where it's staying for a while um i've got a new website that we're about to launch uh, that'll be out in the next three or four months. And the um, website is www.garygormer.co.uk. Okay, yeah. So my name. Um, so that's about to launch in the next two or three months. That's we just finished that, that off. Um, linked to that will be a new online negotiation course. So that'll be a downloadable course, um, replicating a little bit my face-to-face workshops, but in a download format. 
the benefit being people can learn as and when they wish to learn and in, and in a way they wish to learn so that will be some audio work some uh, you know some things they'll read some exercise they'll do themselves some slides they'll go through with me vo you know, voice over so an online course again that will be in conjunction with the website that will be launched in the next three or four months and as, a, as an adjunct to that and an add-on to that I probably will he said I'll commit now <laughs> write a third book around negotiation because that, that would make sense so okay. make, make that a, a book as well but so, there's no there's no time around that one I noticed no, <laughs> open-ended commitment which not is a yet. good thing Hey, well, as I say, I've got both of your books, Gary, and uh, the 30-Day Sales Challenge and the Inside the Entrepreneur's Mind um, for, for people listening out there, well worth a read. And certainly if you're interested in looking at your selling negotiation skills, then keep an eye on Gary's website uh, when it's launched in two or three months and yeah. the online course that comes along with that. And also, I guess you, you find time to go and watch Chesterfield play football on a regular basis. Sadly, I do at the moment. <laughs> Yes, life's not great on that front. Thank you for raising that. <laughs> well, I'm a Wolves fan and we've been having a, a reasonably good season so far, yeah. but uh, yeah. hit a little bit of a, a, a tricky patch. But it's always interesting to see where teams are after Christmas, isn't it, I think, and where they are in the table. Yes, I heard an interesting statistic yesterday. Two years ago, Chesterfield played Sheffield United um, and now... 97 league places separate the two teams oh there you go <laughs> so, the only way is up <laughs> hey well thanks hugely for Pleasure. spending the time to talk today and I, I know people who have found the discussions and your insights Gary uh, useful and helpful in whether they're running a, co a company on their own whether they're running teams or whether they actually have a bigger company with employees or if they're out there doing some business development work so thanks hugely for your time Pleasure thanks Gary no If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.